Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. I'm not sure if you're excited about my dress and uh, the way I look, or you're excited about my, my height, or you're just excited that I'm excited, but regardless why you're clapping, this is a good thing. My name is Jerome, and we get the privilege and the honor of pastoring City Life here. And sometimes I'm even a little, I, I, I balk at that title. And what I mean by that is I think it's beautiful, but at the same time it comes at such a, it's so weighted for people. Pastor is so subjective, and it means so many different things to so many different people. So recently, I've just been saying, hey, I'm a team lead at City Life. <laughs> I, mean, I am. I'm a team lead at City Life. But Jesus is really the pastor, so, and, and he really is, and he loves you, and he is here today to impact your life right where you're at. So this isn't a show. This isn't something that you check off the box that now you feel good about yourself that you came to, but this is a lifestyle. It's a movement more than a moment because God wants to impact your life all the time, everywhere you go in the city, city life. That's what God wants to do in your life. He loves you that much. I have an awesome wife named Crystal. We have five kids and my son, my oldest, it's so amazing. He woke up at 5.30 this morning with me and he said, I want to come set up at City Life. My son's part of the dream team. He wants to set up at six years old at 5.30 in the morning, and he's so excited about you guys, and he loves what's going on. And I just think that's so cool to be captivated by what Jesus is doing at such a young age, and it inspires me. I mean, he got right up. I didn't get right up. In fact, my morning looked like this. A twin right next to me. I'm holding him. He somehow crawled, you know, into bed or whatever, and he kicks me right in the Adam's apple. And I'm like, my first reaction, I mean, if you get kicked in the Adam's apple, my first reaction was, I grabbed his leg. I mean, I'm not proud of it. He's one. And he starts bawling. My wife's like, what's the matter? What happened? I was like, he kicked me up. You know, and it had, true story. And so I, get, I just, I said, I felt bad. I was like, oh, I love you, Neo. Or it could have been Kingston. I'm not sure. I said, I just love you. And I handed to Crystal. And then I proceeded to go get Jerome up out of bed. And he popped right up. And just as he was going to come, and then he fell asleep. He's our second child. He fell back asleep. He got up. He walked to the other room. And then he's just like, nah, I'm out. No, I'm just, I'm riding with mom because mom comes a little later. So I just wanted to introduce ourselves. I see some new faces and uh, hopefully you feel this, what we say all the time. You belong here. You belong here. You belong here because Jesus is here and he loves you no matter what your walk or background is. He can change and he can rewrite stories. Got a few announcements for you guys this morning. Uh, First thing is we're going to be starting a series called The Roots. In a hurricane storm in the middle of Florida or somewhere in the south or closer to the equator, it gets pretty vicious and violent. Winds and the rain and houses get, you know, blown apart. But palm trees typically stay. They can withstand a storm. They'll bend close all the way to the ground and then they'll pop back up because they're rooted and they are equipped and prepared to handle the storm. In life, we hit storms all the time. And it's not a question of if storms will hit, it's When storms hit, where will our roots grip? And too often we find ourselves running back to the very things that bring death and destroy us. And we find ourselves in addiction patterns. We find ourselves battling so much issues in the anger. And it builds up 
And so we have to develop a new root system so that when the bullets fly of life, we revert back to new training. And that takes time. It's a process. It's a process. So I want to invite you into that process to be rooted in Jesus, to be rooted to withstand the storms of life, no matter what storm hits, that your roots would grip in him, that there wouldn't be an opt-out clause, that at some point that you would think I need to hit the eject button. Like I'll serve Jesus if, 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 but not that one. That's what we do all the time. I love you, Jesus. Thif, thif, thif. You, you bless me, you bless me. But as soon as it gets tough, that's where I'm out. Come on, don't be like that. Be rooted, be like a palm tree. That starts on April 17th. And then next week, we're gonna be doing a thing called Two Days. We're teaming up with Spin Student Ministries. We're gonna be doing an outreach at a local park here. We're gonna be announcing that park this week online. And we are gonna be teaming up with King of the Grill. They're gonna serve on Saturday. They're gonna... Uh, have enough food for as many people as we bring to this park. So you're going to definitely want to get on Facebook because at the very least, you'll come get some brisket on Saturday. Who likes brisket? I like brisket. Sorry, vegans. But I like some brisket. And we love you vegans. And maybe we'll have quinoa there. Look, I like quinoa too, so that's not a knock or a dig. Hey, but we're going to have some brisket there at the park. And we're going to be teaming up with Chili Chilton, who was a church planter in Detroit at a church called Courage Church. And then he'll be speaking next Sunday here at City Life. You don't want to miss Chili. You don't want to miss chili. And I think it must be something prophetic because it's chili outside and I'm talking about chili this morning, but next week it is not going to be chili, we pray. All right. It just chili is going to be here, but it's not going to be snowing. Okay. Somebody, you still with me? Is it, you know? Okay. Next up, uh, you, if you walked in, you saw some nice people that loved you and probably made you feel even uh, more, a little uncomfortable more than you're used to. No one says hi to you that nice throughout the week. I just think the mean muggins got to stop. So that's why we want to just counteract that and be life-giving when you walk through the door. You know, when you pull up to the light, you look at the person next to you, you don't know if you're supposed to say hi or if you're supposed to like fight them or what. You know, he's kind of like, and if they don't say hi, it's like, okay, is it a fight? You know, and are we going to race? So I kind of do the thing when we pull up to the light the next time I pull up behind you a little bit further because to avoid that awkward interaction again. And sometimes I do the hi. And when they, someone doesn't say hi back to you, that, that come on. It's not fun. City life should make you feel a little bit like, man, why are they so happy? We're happy because it's okay to be alive. When you're breathing, you've got a purpose. And God's not done with you. And so that's what you feel. And that all takes place from this connect card. This connect card is people that said, I'm going to show up and I'm going to use my time. I'm going to use my talents. And I'm going to use my, uh, everything that God has given me, my treasure. I'm going to use that for the kingdom here. And I'm going to use my gifts on a day-to-day basis. So you might have a prayer request that certain things go on in your life. We take this pretty seriously. We will pray for you. You can write that in the box. And we want to know about you. So maybe you want to tell us what your favorite sports team is. Maybe you want to tell us that you like hunting. Maybe you want to tell us that you love uh, Call of Duty and you feel like it's an addiction. I'm not sure what you want to tell us, but you could tell us something like that. Your marriage could be struggling. We want to know about that kind of thing. And you might want to be baptized. Well, today's going to be your day. You, you're thinking, somebody here is thinking this. I didn't bring clothes. Well, guess what? We brought clothes for you. So now your heart's beating a little faster because you already know. And uh, somebody. And then you can join the dream team and you can be a part of the community here. Cool? Is that cool? I want to read a verse for you guys. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I think the elephant in the room when people come to a service, they're like, when are they going to talk about money and how are they going to talk about money? Look, it's not about money that we're here to talk about. We're going to talk about Jesus, and he talks about money. He talks about money because he knows that would be the thing that would entangle us. And he wants to change our heart perspective on money. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 
it says this. They're going to take up an offering for some people in another city. So the church in Jerusalem, so it'd be like a church in Detroit, is struggling and they need some money. And then Apostle Paul and his team of leaders are going to take this offering to Detroit or Jerusalem. And they're going to go help people and they're going to give beyond their own means. And they're even going to give out a lack and sacrifice. And here's what it says in verse 6. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now we think that this is always directly correlated. And this is where we heard this abused. That if you just give a bunch, you're going to get a bunch. That's not true. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make grace abound to you so that you having all sufficiency in all things that you may abound in every good work as it is written. Now, what you get when you give, you get to be connected to what he's doing and you get grace that helps you withstand the storms even. But you necessarily don't always get monetary gain. I think giving can be confusing because it's invisible to some degree. We're, like, we're used to getting something. If we go to Foot Locker, you get a pair of shoes. When we go to the doctor's office, you got a prescription. You're used to exchanging money. So when you give to the kingdom of God, you feel like, oh, I don't know. I don't know about this thing. Well, you just can't see the eternal truth, but you actually can see fruit of it everywhere. You get to give to a life-changing experience that people can come meet Jesus in a relevant way here. You get to give to the work we're doing in the city and the schools. You get to give to the missionaries that we're supporting, one in China, one now in South America. You get to give to the church planning efforts that we have going on, where literally we're planting churches all across the world with an organization called ARC. It's bigger than all of us. You get to give to a staff that's trying to grow and develop because we love the city and we love people so much. That's what City Life is all about, City Life is doing. You get to give to the facility so that we can invest money in the school here. And so when you think about giving this morning, we're going to do the offering uh, now as opposed to at the end and because people will be splashed in the water. But we're going to give it now in an opportunity to give. And I don't want you to feel like you're under compulsion. I want you to feel like you have an opportunity. When I was a huge partier, and um, you can imagine my personality, apply that to uh, the dark side. Um, and so I just would, I spent a lot, I invested a lot of money in that because I liked it. Your money follows your desires and what you value most. But when God changed my heart, I started giving a lot of money to his work and his mission because that's what we valued most. He changed my desires. I no longer needed just a fresh pair of Jordans. I wanted to see people come to meet Jesus. So we want to invite you into that. We want to invite you into that opportunity to give. Not out of compulsion, not feeling like you have to, but because you get to. And because Jesus' work is the best on this planet. There's a couple ways that you can give this morning. A few, actually. You can give uh, through cash, check, or credit card. And you can use an envelope to make sure you get tax giving purposes. And then two, you can give online at citylifelancing.com. And then three, you can also text to give. And so you can pull up your text thread and you can text, you just text citylife at mogive.com. I have this set up on my phone. And then you follow the link. It'll say, do you want to set up an account? You attach a card, and then you never have to set it up again. And then you can just text dollars. You can just make it rain right at the church here. And what, if you don't know what make it rain means, you can just give a lot of money at the church. So when I get a check, I'm just like, hey, I just send 20. And they're like, oh, you send 40, send 100. You can do whatever you want. And, uh, and that's how it works. And so it goes right into the account. And that's a great opportunity. I want to call the giving team up front that they can collect the donations this morning. 
and then we can proceed with the rest of service. Today is going to be a great day. Child dedication and water baptism. It's a great day. Come on. Today is a good day. Child dedication and water baptism. Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to give. That you've given us seed and you've entrusted us with things and we don't want our heart to only reflect material things. We don't want our money to just reflect material things. Some of us, we only have a dollar. Some of us, we have more. And I pray it's never about the amount, but it's always about the heart. God, right now, invite us into your greater story, a greater story that is worth people. It's worth investing in. It's worth our time, our talent, and our treasure. And we want to worship you this morning. We don't want money to be the ruler of our life. We want to connect it to you. And we want to trust you by faith that you will provide, you will lead. Sometimes that will be tough. And other times you open a door for abundant opportunities. And I pray that we would steward each moment well. I pray that we'd be faithful to the storms. And I pray when we have over exceedingly, we would do great things with it. We would help people. We would love people in the city. We would help families that are struggling, that we would continue to fuel what you want to do. So use every dollar for your purposes at City Life and beyond. And we thank you that we get to not have to give this morning. We pray this through your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. As it's going around, afterwards, we're going to have some cake to celebrate. And parents that don't want to give your kids sugar, we're sorry. Um, we're sorry. We also have a table in the hallway. It has a heart by it. And you can learn more about our vision and our story. You can get a first-time gift from us if this is your first time here. You can get a packet of our vision and our story. It has a DVD in it, and it tells a little bit about what we're doing, where we want to go, and how we want to implement that in the days and months and years ahead, and ultimately invite you into that as well. Because God brought you here not just to consume, but to engage and to activate. So we'd love to see you join the Dream Team. Maybe you have questions for that. You can meet us out there in the hallway after the service today. And yeah, so that's going to be a great, great time. And then we're going to move right into child dedication here in just a moment. Thank you, Giving Team. You guys are cool. You guys are cool. You guys are cool. You guys ever heard of Alicia Keys? This is Tina Keys. <laughs> this is Tina Keys. This is Tina Keys. We'll pick her any day. She's got a. She's she's gonna have uh, her son any day now. I mean, it's gonna get crazy, and so we will. We'll be sad that day when we don't see you, but we'll rejoice as you guys have uh, your son. It's gonna be cool. And so if you didn't know, Rob G with the beard, with the cool looking beard, he's getting that thing lined up at Classic Barbershop downtown. He, he, uh, I don't work for them, but that's his wife. So kind of connect the dots. All right, cool, Tina. Thank you so much. You're amazing. All right, we're going to move into child dedication. Child dedication, what is it? I think that's the first thing we should ask. What in the world does that mean? If my kid wasn't dedicated, are they going to hell? And if they're dedicated, are they going to heaven? I mean, really, that's the essence if we boil it all down. 
That's what we want to know. My kid got dedicated. Are they going to heaven? My kid didn't get, get, didn't get dedicated. Are they going to hell? Well, let's pull back and talk about what dedication is. First, Jesus is amazing. He wants the kids to come to him. Like, here's the picture of what Jesus is like with his kids. He wants his kids running to him. Now, we're not like Jesus. Because last week, some of us, when the kids were in here, they were like, hey, that was awesome. I like that city life stuff. But that Easter service with all those kids there, I ain't doing that again. We're like the followers of Jesus that were with them. They're like, hey, can't we get the kids over there? Can't they have their own separate zone? I mean, am I the only one? I wasn't talking about you. I was talking about me. (laughs) Am I the only one that... I mean, kids crying, it almost sounds like it's a torturous nightmare. It's like an R-rated bad movie that just won't stop. I mean, some of you have that gift. I feel like I don't have that gift. But Jesus has that gift. So the more I'm like him, the kids. So I love the kids now because I'm connected to him. Now for me, once you start hitting where you can dribble, and once we can interact or maybe play a video game or we can go and we can work on a project together, that's where I feel like we really thrive. Well, what Jesus is talking about, actually, where the kids are a little aggravating and they're, they're a nuisance and only the grandma that you remember that's really nice can take care of them. That's what Jesus is talking about when he says, let the kids come to me. That's really important because Jesus loves children and you are a child of God. Kids matter to Jesus. Most of the kids' rights all across the world have went back to how the followers of Jesus have responded to when he said, let the kids come to me. It's fascinating. Jesus loves the kids. He loves them. Children are a gift from the Lord. Psalm 127 says this, behold, children are a gift from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them, full of kids. Kids are a blessing. Jesus loves kids and they're a blessing. They're from God. Psalm 139 talks about that God knew you. He formed you even before you entered your mother's womb. And and then he knew you before that and he was forming and knowing you in the womb. Every intricate detail about your life. So if you've been confused and thought, man, when was God there for me? He's been there the whole time. But maybe you've kept him on the sideline. Maybe you didn't let him in. Maybe he's been knocking. You thought you had to clean your house, but actually he was looking at your house the whole time. He saw everything. So you can't fake God. So you came in this place maybe feeling like ashamed that your week was a little rough. Maybe you had a family fight that you don't want anybody to see. You got some anger and greed in your heart. Hey, don't worry because you can take off the mask this morning because God already saw it. Sometimes when I hang out with people, they feel bad that uh, if they swear when they find out I'm a pastor. They're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, hey man, God saw you when you swear when I wasn't here. So if you like, you don't need to respect me. I grew up in a household where like the was like the F-bomb. And so it's, it, 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 that ain't the, it's the heart. It's the heart. Jesus loves the kids. The biblical purpose and history of child dedication is probably tied most to Hannah who prayed that she would have a child from God. In 1 Samuel 27 and 28, it says, for this boy I prayed, God gave it to her. The Lord has given me a petition which I asked for. You imagine that, praying and then God answering with the child. Some of you, that's your story. Some of you, that's your story today. So I have also dedicated him to the Lord as long as he lives. He is dedicated to the Lord. So Hannah prays. God gives her a child. She responds and says, thank you, Lord. It's yours. This child I dedicate to you. 
It's the posture of a parent. It's the posture of a guardian more important than it is just the posture of the child. Because if your kid's here, maybe your kid's like an infant, they're going to get dedicated. Um, They're probably not using real extensive words when it comes to the communication channel with God. Is that fair to say? But you can. You're accountable to God. I'm accountable to God for how we raise our kids. So child dedication is not only a blessing and a prayer for the child, but it's a command and like a charge and a prayer for the parent and a challenge for the parent, a challenge that Hannah took very seriously. Deuteronomy chapter five, it says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I've given you today are to be upon your hearts. Listen to this, impress them on your children. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as a symbol on your hands and bind them to your foreheads and write them on the door frames of your houses. Some of you got that Bible verse in your house. This is actually where it goes back to. As for me and my household, we'll serve the Lord. Keep that in front of us and also keep it on your gates. So it would be a constant reminder. You, anybody here like uh, Sparties? It's a rough March Madness, but you can still rep it. Anybody here like the Wolverines? How many of you got some sports memorabilia that keep you reminding that you like those teams? Somebody does. Somebody's got a whole room. You might even have your house painted. It's a reminder of what's important. God, impress him on your heart and in your life. And when you raise up the children, impress that on them. Proverbs 22, 6, and we'll end with this before we start child dedication. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, and he will not depart from it. Now, some of us, we failed in this area. We failed as parents, and we haven't trained them well. The beautiful thing about the gospel is there's grace today, and what grace means is that you can't deserve it, you can't earn it, and that God can still give you his score and make up for lost time. And some of you, your children have entered eternity, but you've got to trust God that he knew better and he sees a way fit because you're not God. So it's liberating. There's grace here for all sides of this. That's what child dedication is. There's a challenge to lead our kids better, but there's also a freedom that says they're gods and we dedicate them to God and we ask for supernatural protection upon them. And then there's also a time where we can learn where some of us, we look back and we're like, I didn't do this well. And that's okay. So no matter where you're at on that road in this journey, uh, please feel freedom in Christ because he does set people free. And so we're going to call up, up to the front uh, the, the kids that are going to get dedicated and the, the parent or guardian. So you can bring, uh, so you can just come right along the side or come along there. And so if you are going to get your kid dedicated or, um, and, and whatever, child dedication, this isn't baptism portion. So if you're wondering that, this is child dedication. You can just stand up and you just come. Some, I mean, there's people that signed up. There we go. It's your child dedication. There we go. Yeah, come on. Give it up for him. There we go. Yes. Yes, thank you. Come on. This is awesome. Bring the kids up. Bring the kids up. Come on. Keep this. Bring the kids up. This is great. Yes. Child dedication is an amazing thing. It's an amazing time. It's a memorable moment. I'm not sure your guys' vertical, um, but if you can, maybe you can get up here. If not, just use the stairs. Welcome, welcome. Everybody, just gather out front. Come on, give it up for him. 
Hey, Rhett, Rhett, um, Rhett and a few of the Dream Team members, if you guys could come up here, we're going we're gonna to lay hands on the kids. We're going to lay hands on the parents. There's a few questions with the parents as you're up here. Dream Team members, yep, come on up front. Let's get some awesome hands getting laid on these amazing people. And there's a question, a few questions I want to ask you, and it's, it's, do you receive the child with gratitude? Is this, if the child is God's, and you're excited about that opportunity, and I'm sure all of us are going to say yes, and, 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 but this is between you and God. Do you commit to each other as parents and creating a stable environment to the best of your ability? And do you commit that to be parents of personal faith, that they would look at you and they would say, you know what? I want to, I got to grow because my dad and my mom, they're trying to grow and they're trying to teach me and lead me. And do you commit to be parents that have patience and that have embraced the strengths, but also said, you know what? I got a lot of weaknesses because we aren't Jesus, right? We aren't. And so you don't have to be him. You don't have to tell your kids that you have to feel this weight, that you are him, you are him, and that's okay. So that's really cool because you start to create this dependency that uh, my three-year-old daughter's been singing this song. I don't know how I feel about it. My wife taught her it. It says, uh, or it says, it says he'll never, Jesus will never let me down. He'll never let me down. Jesus will never let me down. And then she's added this little part when she gets done. But people will. <laughs> he'll never let me down. But people will. And she starts saying, but daddy will, but mommy will, and my friends will. I'm like, no, I said, baby, I'm not going to try to let you down. I said, no, I, I, hopefully that's like a rare thing, okay? So let's talk about that a little differently when we sing that song. But the point's true, that people will let the kids down. And hopefully it's not often, but that's the essence of what's taking place this morning. So we're praying and thanking God for the kids. And we're also praying that God would give you wisdom as the parent and that God would have his hand upon them. Let's pray as a church family. Sometimes people feel comfortable if you extend a hand. Sometimes you just want to pray in your own. But let's pray for every single person up here. Jesus, we thank you for the parents and we thank you for the kids. God, we thank you for your grace. God, we thank you for the divine hand to bring them here. God, we ask that your hand would be upon each child. God, we ask that your hand would be upon each parent. God, we pray that you would give them wisdom beyond their own ability. God, we pray that you would supernaturally protect and guide. That when storms hit, you would be there. That you would be there. God, we dedicate the children to you. They're yours. God, teach them, lead them, and train them. All the days of their life, God. All the days of their life, God. God, thank you for the kids. Thank you for the families. God, we dedicate them to you. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, God. For having your hand upon each person up here. That you never will let them down. You never will. You will never let them down. You will lead us. God, and you will lead us. You will lead us. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this through you and your power. These are your kids and your parents. We commit, we submit to your leadership. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Proud of you guys.
proud of you guys. Proud of you guys. Make sure we get all of your names because we're going to send you guys a gift this week. We're going to get you guys a certificate. So at some point, either after, um, you can sign up at that table. Make sure we get everyone's name in correct spelling. And if we spell it wrong, you can just send it back to us. We love you guys. Proud of you. Come on, give it up for me again. worship team. All right, let's get into some water baptism. What does it mean? What's going on? What's water baptism about? You know when you get a brand new shirt and you check the tag and sometimes they got the rippable tag. Now, what does the tag say? It says the size and it says who actually made it, right? When we check our tag in our life, who owns us? What shirt are we wearing? Are we wearing the shirt of sin? Are we wearing a shirt of Jesus's blood and his righteousness? Second Corinthians chapter 5. This is the essence of what's taking place today. It's this. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, here's what reconciliation means. It's a really big word for God wants to make you one with him. God wants to give you favor with him. God wants to make you right and make you clean with him. That when you're in sin, as it continues, that is in Christ has that God was reconciling, check this out, therefore we are ambassadors with Christ, making his appeal through all of us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. This morning, that's, that's the plea that you would come back to God. You originally were with God before sin. We were born into sin to be reconciled to God this morning. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we would become the righteousness of God. When you go buy something and you get something new, there's an exchange. There's a transaction. Now it's debit cards, right? You got the debit cards. That's my debit card. Lake Trust, support local. 517, y'all. You can steal my numbers. There's a transaction. We use this for transaction because you owe them. You know what sin happened? The, the kind of the essence of the word in Greek here of what's taking place is there needs to be an exchange. That your sin, you're guilty and you owe for it. You and me, we're all guilty. And so that's why this message never gets old. It's the gospel. The gospel is the antidote to everything. It's the good news. It's the antidote to your marriage. It's the antidote to your job. It's the antidote of constantly dying, being buried and coming alive in a new attitude. Dying and being buried and coming alive the gospel every day, that my sin, he became sin. He died for my sin. He paid for it. He exchanged his life, and I exchanged my humility, my pride, my shame, my guilt, everything, my life for his. And by faith, I'm made new. I am brand new. I am brand new. Why well, get baptized this morning? Jesus was baptized. It's a pretty good reason. And we could end there and just go. So if you're like, I don't know if I want to get baptized. I'm a little uncomfortable. I'm a little nervous. Jesus was baptized. I mean, he took one for the team. Last week was Easter. We had the cross on stage. Talk about how he gruesomely went to the cross for your sin and my sin. And he didn't just die. He took the wrath. He took the punishment. It's like going in a courtroom and being guilty and standing before a judge. If 
anybody's ever been in a courtroom, you know how intimidating that setting is. And if you were guilty, you know how even more that intimidating that setting is. And then if you received a punishment, you know how real that setting is. That's exactly the imagery of what's taking place when we think of our relationship with God apart from Christ. Guilty before him. And we need an exchange. So Jesus sets the pace with his death, burial, and resurrection, and he takes the punishment. You guys with me? He takes the punishment, and he was baptized way before that as a symbol And so it's really cool. Jesus was baptized, and then he also tells us it's the Great Commission. He tells us to go baptize others. So when he leaves and he raises from the dead and we celebrate it, that's what Easter was about. Yeah, Jesus, you're alive. And he says, okay, I'm alive, but go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Behold, I am with you always. That's really cool. Jesus says that. It's an outward sign of an inward truth. So baptism doesn't save you. It's about being born again symbolically. So you can't re-enter your mother's womb, right? So you're not like that kind of born again, but you're born again by the Spirit. You're born again by the Spirit. The invisible is the eternal things. It's the thing that lasts forever. And ultimately, why should you get baptized this morning? We are brand new. We are brand new. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Say new. No, come on, say new. We got to celebrate. Say new. I want something new this morning. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. This is the imagery that forms something out of nothing. You have been made new. That you, that you can't even make yourself new. That Jesus took and he crafted something brand new when you entered the faith, when you put your trust in Jesus, you became brand new. Now, it would be kind of like a metamorphosis of a caterpillar going to a butterfly. It doesn't go back. Or like that moment when you start growing armpit hair, it just never changed, did it? Ladies are like, oh man, I forgot the shame today. Somebody's like, somebody here is like, I wish I grew up in Europe. And I'm grateful that you aren't, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? And, uh, We are brand new. We made big 517 because this is a 517 verse. 517. I want this to be a theme for this whole region that we're brand new. We're new creations in Christ. So therefore, we love differently. We forgive differently. We look at people differently with differences and we lean in and we're intentional. Here's symbolically as we close. Uh, It's about... Christ's death, burial, resurrection, that's what takes place in this water. It's to tell the world that you're going to go public, that you're serious about Jesus. And it's a sign that you're born again, you're dead to sin, that you buried your life and that you're brand new in Jesus. So that's the symbolism and the imagery of what takes place. And I think it's so important because that you just don't go through a routine and a ritual, but that you have a logical understanding and also an emotional engagement. So you're logically vested. You're like, okay, I kind of get this. But at the same time, you know your heart's beating through your chest because today's your day. So those that are going to be baptized, why don't you stand up? Come on, go get ready. Let's get this party started. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.